0: Thank you for joining us again. It is Neighbors in Need. I'm Sandy Waters. And in the studio with me today, no stranger to the show, uh, Jennifer Faringer from National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependence, NCADD. Thank you so much.
1: Pleasure to be with you, as always.
0: We lean on you a lot. And this is a topic that um, we're finally talking about. Yes.
1: Right. Yes, the silent addiction.
0: And there's, I mean, there's a lot that you guys do at NCADD, a mm-hmm. lot. And that's why you're always on the show with us, because <laughs> there's so much that you guys cover. But today, specifically, we're going to talk about problem gambling. Um, and this is not, and we'll get into this a little bit more in the interview, but this is not just a problem for adults.
1: Right, right.
0: Which is the scary side of it. Exactly.
1: So like everything else, it connects to our families and our kids. Where do we start? Because this is like the silent addiction, isn't it, is, it? It is, and we call it the silent addiction because there's no there's no smell of alcohol on someone's breath, there's no track marks on the on the arm, you know, it's all internal. So what you've got going on is the guilt and shame about depleting your family's resources, nothing outward. So yeah. we call it the silent addiction, and that makes one that's that's having a problem, especially when you get to the point of having a, a gambling disorder you get to the point of considering suicide. You know, twenty mm-hmm. as many as 20% of those impacted by this addiction do think about suicide as the only way out of their financial struggles.
0: And we know it to be true. I mean, study after study shows that finances just weighs heavy on people. I mean, yes. that is the number one, one of the, the, the top stressors in our life. It is. Among couples and just individually. So when you are in really you know, in a lot of trouble with finances because of gambling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you, so it impacts even more so. And and typically the other part of the being silent, often the family doesn't even know this is going on. They might suspect, but they might not really know and find out that the house has been mortgaged and remortgaged and remortgaged mm. uh, that the car, you know, same thing, bank accounts, joint bank accounts depleted. So it's silent in many ways and, and gamblers that are now in recovery talk about having multiple accounts and multiple post office boxes to have, uh, for example, their credit card statements coming, different spots, different PO boxes, to kind of keep it hidden, keep the depth of the issue, because spouses don't know very often that they are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, if, if not more.
0: Wow. Now, you guys at NCADD, do wonderful things, create the awareness, get the conversation going, and um, you help these individuals. What, in talking with all of these recovering um, gamblers, what is the aha moment for a lot of them?
1: Hmm. That's, that's tough. And I think it's different for everyone. So we, at the council, we don't do treatment and counseling. We do more education, awareness, and support. We host a GA Gamblers Anonymous meeting. So I can tell anecdotally what I've heard from, from, from clients or, Mm -hmm. or people that are seeking treatment or are seeking GA support that they've just gotten, same with other addictions, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Okay. They've lost virtually everything. The shame is just astronomical. When you think that you've taken all your family's support systems and gambled them away when you get to that point. Yeah. And you don't get to that point very often quickly. You know, it's, it's, it's sneaky like every other addiction. It starts maybe just as gaming and just a, oh, bet on this and bet on that. And you talked to two gamblers. What's the worst thing that could have happened to you early on? They said the worst thing was the big win. The big win gives you the illusion that that uh, that next big or bigger win is just around the corner, and you're always chasing that. And
0: it's attainable.
1: That's the illusion. That's attainable. Mm.
0: And it it is all around us. It
1: is. It is. It's
0: more pervasive
1: now than any time. And you figure we just recently changed our New York State Constitution to do what? To expand the number of casinos and racinos in New York State. So it's only logical. You expand the number of opportunities to gamble, you're going to expand the numbers of, of people that gamble socially, but also the likelihood of the, of expanding the numbers of those that will have a problem with gambling down the road.
0: Now, how do you feel, if you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. telling us your mm-hmm. opinion on this When you look at the lottery, that is government. I mean, that's all about, oh, this is going to help education.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: they tie in the education factor. So it seems like, well, hey, we're giving back.
1: Right, right. But that's part of the illusion the dollar and the dream guy. Everybody knows the dollar and the dream Mm -hmm. guy. And when you start, what we try to point out is the statistics. So what the lottery does in terms of the huge billboard advertisings, the jackpot is up to. So many million, but when you look at the odds and the chances of someone winning, it's really tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah, and, and you can do
0: it to. once in a while for fun, maybe. Yeah, but you got to yeah. be careful.
1: Yeah, yeah. So where we—it's funny where we get to see more of uh, people having an issue or something is simpler, or the scratch offs, um, you know. And when we start to see a shift, maybe even ten years ago, in terms mm-hmm. of the number of women increasing with problem gambling, very often they were being introduced. Buy the scratch off. So you go to the Seven Eleven, the com- convenience stores, and what's the first thing you see when you check out? Not one, yeah. two, three, but dozens of of check offs or check scratch offs. Mm-hmm. And then that becomes too something that maybe you share with your your children, or that becomes uh, around the holidays, a uh, an appropriate Christmas gift or holiday yeah, gift, and then birthday gift. You, right. birthday gift, and then you got to think. So what am I doing? What kind of message am I sending to my kids and family? Like. This is a, a good thing to do, or is this setting them down the road to um, engage in that more and more and more? You've got to think about what you're saying.
0: Well, now, see, that's a perfect transition into this is not just a, a problem for adults. Mm-hmm. When we talk about youth gambling, and that is, I mean, they are surrounded by that with their sports teams. They go out and sell squares or yes. whatever it, it may be. What can we do as parents?
1: I think you got to be careful with kids. The, uh, the, whole, the whole new element that's coming in is the Internet online gambling and the, uh, the gambling that happens right on the smartphone. So when you, when you talk to kids and finding, find out how they're being introduced, very often it's via um, the online gambling. And it doesn't even start off as online gambling. Gaming, very often it's hidden at. So mm-hmm. what's gaming? What's the difference? Gaming is typically no money involved. But you start off on a gaming app, and after you experience a number of wins, very subtly in the top right corner, usually up pops a little icon. Now, if you only had bet money, just think how much you would have won. So, young person, go find a credit card. Well,
0: Minecraft is the big... Now, I'm not too versed on Minecraft, Uh but I hear that is... That's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not
1: too... Online, in tune, either. I just yeah. hear that from kids. I mean, kids this is for the young.
0: I I feel like it's more younger. of teenage boys. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's teenage girls who do it too, but more with that group. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it on the air one morning, and there was a, a gentleman who called up, and he said, "Somebody he knows takes a class." Now, the person that he knows is in their mid twenties, so mm-hmm. a grown adult takes mm-hmm. a class on how to manipulate kids. And take their money. Yeah, you know how to. That's just mind boggling to me that an adult will intentionally manipulate a child Mm -hmm. and try to take them.
1: But when you money, when you look at the gaming apps, that's exactly what they're doing. Very often, they're using cartoon things that attract even really young ones. So yeah, they're they're gaming, and parents might say, "Oh, they're just they're just gaming. That's that's harmless." But they don't see the connection between yeah. when does gaming transition to gambling and how subtle that can be you know you're getting into the to the motions of gambling even though you're not using money and then yeah. when you start using money and it's typically not the young person's credit card that's taken you just go grab mom's or dad's yeah. credit card and yeah.
0: and pop it in so we have to have conversations we have to be we diligent do. we do are there laws around that? Like, what is happening? Is there money being set aside to help this? So, or?
1: yeah, so so part of the arrangement with expanding the number of casinos in New York State, there was a percentage to be set aside to be devoted to the treatment and prevention of problem gambling. It's a very tiny proportion. Some casinos are um, being more responsible than others in allowing a person, a problem gambler person to actually sign a statement that they are self-prohibiting themselves for, to gamble at that facility. So mm. you wonder, well, why are they going to the facility? But, but it's a self-exclusion. So those forms are at some of the centers. You know, that's, that's one preventative measure, uh, getting the word out around the dangers Talk to people about the difference, what's the difference between the social gambler and when do you cross the line. And the social gambler might be someone who says, like, I'm going to go to the casino, but I'm going to go to see a show. I'm going to go out to dinner. And you know what? I got this roll of quarters. But when the roll of quarters is done, I'm done. Mm. You know, you don't go beyond that. You don't borrow. You don't chase your losses. You don't keep looking for that. That huge win that's likely illusion anyway. You don't borrow from family members. You know, you have a limited time and a limited amount. And that's what makes a social gambler different than a problem gambler. And when you become a problem gambler, you've crossed that line. You're you're betting more and more. More and more of your time is devoted to a problem mm-hmm. gambling. And then when you cross that, it's virtually everything is colored mm-hmm. by
0: where, how, when can I gamble. So how can we, if we suspect ourselves or a loved one is crossing that line, what resources are out there? How can we seek help?
1: So you can check our website, ncadd-ra.org. We have a whole page on problem gambling, and it's primarily focused on youth and parents. But on that page as well are resources such as Gamblers Anonymous Meetings, There's a counseling program, for example, actually two now in the community. Uh, Links are also on our website to that. There also is a waiver now at treatment providers. Um, So two treatment providers so far in town have this waiver. And what that means is a client could self-admit into either an outpatient at Catholic Family Center or an inpatient at Norris Addiction Treatment Center coming in where their primary addiction was gambling. Prior to the waiver being available, somebody had to show up with that as a secondary diagnosis, with your first diagnosis being drugs or alcohol. So that was it. that's a really important shift that someone can come in the front door with that being their primary. So Catholic Family Center restart on Clinton. North Clinton is one of the first outpatient to go this route. And there's multiple ATCs, Addiction Treatment Centers. And our local one is John L. Norris. Okay. So there are some resources. Not, not a lot, but
0: some. Okay. Well, we're moving in the right direction, I guess. We absolutely are. Um, and the Youth Decide Project. Let's spend some time yeah. on that.
1: Yeah. So the New York Council on Problem Gambling, located in, in Albany, issues micro-mini-grants every year. And we've been participating with them for the last seven years on this project. And it's the the intention or the focus of that is to raise the awareness around how media manipulates kids around just what we were talking about earlier, around problem gambling. What are some of the messages you're hearing, and how is this really being um, manipulated to encourage you to gamble mm-hmm. more? So basically, understanding the risks, and then it takes it one step further to kind of mobilize the energy that a lot of youth are experiencing right now is. How can I be socially involved? So in terms of this project, youth decide, why you decide. Um, it's, It's allowing them to or giving them the tools to look at what policies are at their school or community site. Do you have events, for example, that promote gambling, even subtly? And if so, do you want to work on a policy for your school or for your community group? to preclude having gambling as part of your event or having gambling response included with your drug and alcohol uh, program. So this is an opportunity to reach out. And if there's any youth out there or any parents out there that would like to be more involved, they can give us a call or check out our website, ncadd-ra.org.
0: Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for everything that you guys do.
1: You're so welcome. A pleasure as always.